Welcome to the Clinical Education Initiative podcast, Conversations with CEI, where we feature conversations with clinical experts, their experience and insights on current health issues in the areas of HIV, primary care and prevention, sexual health, hepatitis C, and drug user health. Welcome to Conversations with CEI. I'm Dr. Daniela DeMarco, and I'll be your host today. I'm an infectious disease physician at the University of Rochester in Rochester, New York, and a member of the New York State CEI Sexual Health Center of Excellence, a clinical training center for New York State clinicians. Today, we're going to talk about an exciting topic in sexual health that's gained traction during the COVID-19 pandemic when in-person healthcare was disrupted and in some places unavailable. I'm talking about STI test kits for in-home self-collection. The options for home-collected STI tests have been limited here in New York though home HIV testing has certainly expanded. So I'm anxious to hear more about what's being added to the market, so to speak. Here to share more about a recently launched nationwide STI program called Check Yourself are my guests, Jenny Mann from the National Coalition of STD Directors, or NCSD, and RJ Asplund from Let's Get Checked. Jenny directs the sexual health clinic work of NCSD, including the Clinic Plus program, which aims to build the capacity of public and private clinics across the country and advocate for resources needed to meet the demands of their frontline work. RJ is the Vice President of Business Development at LGC Labs. Since joining LGC Labs, RJ has moved over to support the commercial team, especially in the public health sector. Welcome to you both, and thank you so much for joining me today. Let's Get Checked and NCSD have partnered to create the Check Yourself program. Can you tell us a bit more about your organization? Sure. Well, thank you so much. NCSD is a national public health membership organization representing health department STD directors and their support staff and community-based partners across 50 states, seven large cities, and five U.S. territories. So we provide training, technical assistance, and peer-to-peer learning. So thank you very much for that, that introduction. So let's get checked. We are a digital healthcare company that was started in 2012. We have brought healthcare basically to the front lines and looking to bring clinical diagnostic testing and make it more accessible to people and bring it into where people can can get it in the safety and comfort of their own home. We actually encompass the entire supply chain associated with the testing that we do. So we have the interaction with the patient through our our digital healthcare platform. We also are a ISO accredited medical device manufacturer for our test kits. We own our own lab, which is a very important piece to our process because that allows us to really control the quality of the science that we're bringing out into the market, as well as it allows us to really control the turnaround times and the ability to bring results out quickly, especially in the infectious disease space, which is very, very important. We own our own physician and nursing team, which allows us to really help close gaps in care as we start to work with the public in their at-home testing. And finally, we've recently acquired a pharmacy that allows us to e-prescribe for certain conditions. We are holistically bringing the entire healthcare solution into a patient's home and into their ability to really manage their own healthcare. That's great. And it sounds like there's certainly some complexity within both of your organizations. How did you partner to form the Check Yourself program? And then if you could share a bit about the program itself. COVID-19's impact on sexual health clinics was dire. We experienced substantial closures across the board 
drastic reductions in asymptomatic screening, staff redeployment, of course, on COVID-19 response. And we just kept talking to our field, surveying our membership. At one point in 2020, 89% of our membership reported a decrease in patient volume or the total number of clients served as a result of COVID-19. And about two-thirds reported their clinic capacity had been reduced. And so we really tried to brainstorm with our members and try to understand, are there any efforts to increase clinic capacity, right? And to increase the ability to sustain asymptomatic screening in, in particular. And so we started, you know, flirting with this idea of, is there an opportunity to create a public health solution around non-clinic-based self-collect testing? And if so, you know, what would that look like? And so we formed a, a board subcommittee at NCSD with some PhD laboratorian heavy hitters, some of our full members, some folks from the Association for Public Health Labs. And really tried to come together and said, okay, if NCSD is going to do this, what are the absolute things it must have, right? And so we came up with some things, you know, electronic lab reporting or ELR, to, you know, to ensure that results are reported directly to state and local health department surveillance systems. We wanted to make sure that there were really robust reviews of validation and verification processes, including the assay, specimen types tested, modifications to the assay. We really wanted to make sure that we could independently vet and review all of the validation and verification processes like SOPs, package inserts, and utility studies. They were concerned about things like extreme temperature studies, right? So what happens if you're in a very hot state in the summertime, you collect your samples, throw it in the back of your car and forget about it for two weeks. And we really wanted the opportunity to review sort of SOPs for state and federal reporting requirements to make sure that we were in compliance and exceeding sort of those, those basic recommendations. And so we started vetting commercial labs. And from the very beginning, Let's Get Checked was completely open with us. They were completely transparent. They said, yes, here's all the information you asked for and more. Please come out and visit us. They're very proud of their lab. And I really think, you know, to RJ's point, that Let's Get Checked owns its own platform and its own lab. You have no idea how, how simple it makes things. It just, it streamlines the process. It really creates this extra layer of accountability. So it's not like the, you know, the platform company can't say, oh, that's a lab issue. The lab can't point the finger at the platform company. Let's Get Checked takes ownership of every step of the process. They have bent over backwards to really help us create this incredible public health solution. And we're just so honored to be able to work with them. Tell us a bit about who Check Yourself is for. Any home testing solution is, you know, in, in our opinion, never going to supplant sexual health clinics. So in my role at NCSD, my entire job is to uplift and sustain sexual health clinics, to help them build capacity, to help them increase efficiencies, et cetera. And so this solution is meant to increase access to asymptomatic screening. We really are of the belief that if someone is symptomatic, they should try to, you know, see a provider, you know, as soon as possible or be treated empirically if it, you know, there's no other option. But really this is to increase, you know, testing and asymptomatic screening. So this is really a solution for clinics to, to increase capacity who maybe don't have a lot of providers on hand for clinics, you know, who are a walk-in base to, you know, all of their appointments fill up by 1030 in the morning which is something that we hear more and more often. And so instead of turning someone away who comes in and says, well, you're a walk-in clinic and I walked in, why can't I be seen? So instead of turning them away, being able to offer them an alternative solution to be tested and, you know, really just an opportunity to create testing for individuals who, you know, live two or three 
hours from the nearest clinic. So some of our colleagues in our rural areas and in medically underserved areas, places that really need you know as much capacity as we can you know, help them provide. So it sounds like this test kit and this program have a lot of opportunity to reach populations that might not currently be reached well by in-person services. It sounds like from the perspective of who obtains the kits, it's county health departments or state health departments, community-based organizations, and perhaps a medical clinics. Yeah, absolutely. Really just any organization that wants to you know, offer sexual health testing. So we have some organizations who offer sort of wraparound services, but not sexual health testing directly. And this is an opportunity to sort of expand their scope. We have some organizations that routinely provide sexual health testing and just want to be able to offer more of that to individuals or sort of expand that testing. But it really is just an opportunity to really meet people where they are and to be able to provide testing. A lot of, for example, school health organizations at, at colleges and universities, you know, have reached out to us and said, you know, I you know, we, I have this great clinic and it is well-staffed and it is free. And I saw three people last year. And so, you know, sort of there's this, you know, element of, you know, post-pandemic, you know, we're working remotely, we're working from home. I want to be able to test remotely, right? So I really don't want to have to go to a clinic unless I want to. So it's really testing on an individual's terms. And the entire program, the entire platform, was really created with the user in mind. And so what's great about this program and this platform is that, you know, you enter your information when the kit is activated or the staff member enters it on your behalf and you get notifications about where your test kit is. So you get reminders like, hey, have you remembered to test? Did you remember to send your samples in? Do you need to schedule a UPS pickup? Click this link. Do you need help? Call this number. And then, hey, just to let you know, your samples were received. We'll let you know again when your, you know, your results are completed. And then it'll, it'll ping you to log into your portal and you can see your results. So it's really taking away the middleman and really offering an opportunity for people to, to be sort of at the center of their own health story. And so some of the thinking behind this is if you know, people can take ownership of their own health and that own journey. You know, they're going to follow up with those test results. They're motivated. They don't have to wait to call a clinic and get their results from someone else. You know, certainly providers are able to see the results, but really patients are empowered to see their own results on their terms. And that's something that we really wanted to echo and center at, at the heart of this program, really a truly public health centered solution. One of the things that was really kind of driven home during COVID is that you had a huge population of Americans that became very comfortable with sample collection in their own home. You know, prior to COVID, you know, at-home diagnostics and at-home testing was very much a growing and it was getting bigger and bigger and bigger. But COVID and the pandemic really put telemedicine, telehealth, at-home testing on steroids and progressed that, that part of healthcare light years ahead. And so bringing, you know, situations like this into, into public health with STI testing, the barrier of somebody being uncomfortable collecting their own sample, you know, in the safety and comfort of their home has already been dropped down. It's really allowed us to piggyback off the back end of that and with people's comfortability of at-home collection to really bring out a program that can support, you know, the, the next or continual major pandemic in this country, which is STIs. I wanted to follow up on a couple of things you mentioned earlier, kind of delving into the logistics. So how does it work in terms of from the county or the CBO 
clinic ordering a test to the patient or client receiving it, going back to the lab, and then results getting back to the patient. Can you walk us through that process? So our standard five kit, and we do have variations of this kit. So for example, you know, there is an opportunity to do hepatitis C HCV testing. That is a separate kit. So there, you know, there are ways to sort of tweak these kits and change them based on sort of community need. But our standard five kit is as follows, right? So it is whole blood microtainer for HIV-1, HIV-2, and P24 antigen, and whole blood for microtainer, again, for syphilis EIA. Something that was really important to our board subcommittee on home testing was that whole blood was used just in terms of, of the literature and what it states. They were much more comfortable with whole blood for HIV and syphilis testing. And we also currently are offering urine, chlamydia, gonorrhea, and trick testing. We are in the process of validating with some of our public health partners, rectal swab, GC and CT testing, as well as vaginal swab, GC and CT testing. And so that's our standard, our standard five kit. And currently there are two workflows. The two workflows are a bulk, a bulk shipment, bulk delivery workflow, and then a provider initiated workflow. So our bulk workflow, essentially, it, it, it's just what it, it sounds like. What happens is a, a shipment of kits, and they come in increments of 40, just based on sort of our logistics of our packaging. So a case of 40 kits or increments of 40, 400, for example, will be sent to a distribution site, to a clinic directly, to an organization. And in that workflow, staff, you know, sexual health clinic staff, CBO staff have the opportunity to activate kits for individuals that they see. So for example, they could be activated and say, here, I'm going to activate this kit for your partner, you know, go ahead and bring it to them, et cetera. Or if you are at a health fair, a pride event, for example, you know, doing field, field delivery, treatment delivery, you know, outreach. So like mobile vans, quite a bit of mobile van use that we've seen so far, walk-in clinics. So we have a Title 10 clinic that was offering free pregnancy screenings and individuals who came in for a pregnancy screening were also offered an STI testing kit if they wanted one. So it could be activated for them in that scenario. And when I say activated, that just means the kit has a barcode on the outside the kit is then going to be linked with an individual's information. So they can either collect, you know, right where they are, or, you know, they can collect, they can take home or take it to work, take it to another location and collect there. At that point, when they're ready for a pickup, they can drop it off at a UPS drop-off station. They can click a link to, or, or call to schedule a free pickup from UPS. So in this program, UPS overnight shipping is the only level of shipping that's used. That's to sort of protect the integrity of the samples. So we only deal with overnight shipping in this program. And then the samples get sent to the lab in Monrovia, California. This workflow, so it sounds like it could be used anywhere and that would be correct. And you'll say, well, Jenny, you know, why would a clinic use this workflow when they have perfectly good testing where they are? And again, it gets back to the capacity question, right? And so you have these, you know, walk-in clinics, these high volume clinics that are filling up by 1030 in the morning. So I can come in at 9am, maybe get an appointment, have to wait, be seen at 4.30, 5pm, or I can just be handed a kit and I can test there, or I can, you know, take it home again or take it to another location and test. There. Programs that don't have a medical provider on staff are not precluded from participating in this program. And that's because Let's Get Checked does have providers in every state, licensed providers in every state. And so this really helps open a lot of doors in terms of increasing capacity. So in this workflow, a provider or designee 
goes onto the Let's Get Checked portal and says, hey, here's the information of this client. I want you to overnight a test kit to Jenny and it'll overnight a test kit to me. And by the next day, you get the kit and all the instructions are there. It is already activated for you. It's ready to go. And then the same workflow sort of resumes, right? So you collect your samples. You can drop them off at a UPS, a drop-off site, or, or schedule a free pickup. And the overnight shipping then goes back to the lab as well. And I can give you some examples of how we've seen it used. So again, you know, outreach with health fairs, pride events, mobile vans, certainly accommodating patients beyond the clinics, DIS, thinking about DIS contacts and partner services, reproductive health clinics, Title X clinics, aid service organizations, and community-based organizations. We've even had some sites really utilize the provider-initiated workflow, and this is a non-traditional use of it, but it's very interesting. So what they're doing is creating uh, websites or social media sort of opportunities. So basically, you know, particular health departments or or organizations will say, hey, do you want to get a free home test kit? Anyone can click on the link, fill out some information, and that will then trigger a kit to be sent to them. So that is based on our workflows. That's provider initiated, even though there's not a provider really initiating it directly. So that has been a really popular modality for testing, particularly on some of the the dating apps. So we have a jurisdiction in Iowa and that has found a lot of success with this type of workflow on, on the dating apps, which is really interesting. Can you tell us a bit about the cost per kit with all the extra services that you include within that cost as well? The fees for the kits are flat rates. So there are no initiation fees. There are no administrative fees, anything like that. So for the standard five kit, the bulk shipment kits are $105 per kit and the provider initiated kits. So if it's a workflow that is kind of, it involves either manually or automatically going and and sort of initiating that overnight transfer of a kit, that's $115 per kit. And that just accounts for the additional overnight shipping of the kit to to the individual. So there are no additional fees for onboarding. For the platform, there's a nursing line that is bilingual, Spanish and English speaking. So if there are any questions, if you get your kit in front of you and you really, you know, I see the instructions, I can read the instructions, but I really am overwhelmed by this process. You can call the Let's Get Checked nursing line and they'll walk you through the whole process. There's also the option of having a provider. So if you are an organization that doesn't have, you know, the capacity to have a provider, you can utilize a provider from Let's Get Checked as an ordering provider for no additional fees. All of the ELR, electronic lab reporting of the, and the results automatically going to the state and local health department surveillance systems, all of that is included, as well as training and technical assistance and really a robust built-in reporting system of the program. So you really will be able to evaluate and look at your data in terms of your home testing program, you know, right built directly into the portal. So it's really fascinating because you can really get a good sense of your morbidity, you know, some of the demographics of your testing, try to identify any trends, et cetera. We also have a full-time staff member, Jessica Zamora, who has just joined NCSD. And she is fully dedicated to the Check Yourself program. So, you know, a full-time staff person to assist with technical assistance and training as well. I wanted to ask a bit about the tests themselves, some technical questions. It sounds like the standard five kit includes urine for gonorrhea, chlamydia, and trichomonas, a syphilis EIA, and then fourth generation HIV test. It sounds like there are options for hepatitis C testing and prep labs and 
coming down the pipeline, some extra genital testing options and a reflex to an RPR. RJ, I wondered if you could tell us a bit about how these tests are different than what you might get in a doctor's office or if they're the same and what the challenges might be in terms of any restrictions in New York State. So LGC Labs is a, is a CLIA accredited and CAP accredited laboratory. So these tests that we run in our lab are FDA cleared on the instrumentation that we run them. So from an equivalency standpoint, it's going to be the exact same thing that you get in your doctor's office, or if you're going into a draw center and you're getting a sample collected that's being sent off. From a quality standpoint and from a science standpoint, you're not going to be getting any difference in terms of the results that are coming out of LGC labs. The main difference here is the sample collection piece. The sample's not being collected by your doctor, it's being collected by yourself, you know, in the safety and comfort of your own home. For the urine collection and then the eventual final validation of the, the rectal and vaginal swab collection, we use the Hologic Panther platform, which is FDA cleared for gonorrhea and chlamydia. And then from the blood standpoint for our finger stick uh, micutainer collection, we are re- using the Roche Cobos platform, which again is, is an FDA cleared assay for HIV and syphilis, the testing that we do. A quick question about test results, and I'll throw this to to RJ or or to Jenny. When the results are reported, is it just the positive results that are being reported back to the organization or health department, or is it just that positive results go back to the jurisdiction of the person who did the test? We report all the results, positive or negative, to both the individual as well as the clinic that we are working with that's falling under the Check Yourself program. And we're able to take that data and really on the, on the clinic side or jurisdiction side, put it into a population health management program as well, too, so they can roll up summaries of everybody who's done this testing and really get an idea of how this program is working and benefiting them. For public health and to the appropriate states, we report it's only the positives that are required by the states for these reportable diseases. And that leads me to to my next question for Jenny. Are there any support services offered in terms of reporting and data management? Yeah, absolutely. So as as I stated there, you know, we have a full-time staff member that assists with that. Also, there is a dedicated project manager at Let's Get Checked who has been instrumental in getting this project, you know, sort of on its feet and started. And so the onboarding sessions, there's a robust on, like onboarding and training process with Let's Get Checked and NCSD staff. And so we stay in close contact with our sites. Something I didn't get to mention sooner is that we are in the process of developing marketing materials that can be white labeled and branded based on your organization or health department. And so we are meeting with our initial pilot sites and really got some great information about what would be helpful in terms of marketing. So we're creating those materials that are also included for free, you know, sort of in, you know, as as part of this, this program. Additionally, there's different levels of access of the portal. And so, you know, some organizations wanted all their DIS, for example, to have access, you know, full level access to be able to see results. There's also administrative access. So if you just, if you have someone who just handles your money, they need to be able to see how much money you have left in your account, for lack of a better term, and just administrative data, but not individual level results. We can create that access. If you have someone who is a program manager, needs to see the administrative information, but is also a provider, which is what we see more and more, then we can merge those and create unique access. So you can see administrative and patient level data. 
If you need 30 people added, if you need three people added, there are no additional fees to add people to the portal. But all of that is navigated by our NCSD staff and our Let's Get Checked project manager as well. Looking specifically at self-collected tests or home-collected tests, do we have data from pilots showing that the testing we're doing and meeting the needs of the populations we're looking for, but also valid results on the tests that we're getting? When you're talking about self-collected samples versus physician collected or collected in a doctor's office, because you, you, you bring in the element of at-home collection and what we have found in at-home collection if, if there are any ways to potentially screw it up, it, it can happen. <laughs> it's just the, it's human nature and, and it's just the, the way things work. So part of our validation process, when we're bringing an assay to the public that's been validated for at-home collection, there is a number of areas that we kind of checklist through to ensure that we are bringing good science and good testing quality to the market. And this was something Jenny alluded to when she had their advisory board, not only audit our validation documents, but come into our lab and audit our processes and how we handle that. And again, we encourage people to do that. Like Jenny said, we're very proud to it, but just to kind of go through it on a high level from a checklist standpoint. So One of the things that's very important to understand is the usability of the test kit, right? There's one thing to validate an assay in the lab and and know that the assay is FDA cleared and you're getting a good quality result. But are you getting a good quality sample? Because it's not collected by a physician now, it's being collected by an individual in their home. You have to ensure you're getting a good quality sample. So part of our validation is we spend a long time going through an extensive checklist surrounding usability studies and really understanding the usability of the individual, their experience going through the sample collection process. Where could there be little traps that make it more difficult? How can we generate and create our instructions for use to make them very user-friendly, easy to read, easy to understand, and make that process as simple and as easy as possible? That sounds like it's not a big deal, but it's a huge deal. So anytime we validate a new assay, we have what's called an IRB that is open for at-home collection, for sample collection, for self-collection of different types of sample types, whether it be blood or swabs or urine. And so under the guidance of our IRB, we do a very extensive usability study and bring that out as a part of our validation. The other piece that's also very important too is you have to make sure your correlations are correct. And what I mean by correlations, I mean, in a blood sample, your gold standard is a venous drop. So you have to do extensive studies to ensure that the finger stick collection you're collecting and the results you're getting from that finger stick collection correlate directly to the same results you would be getting from a venous drop. That correlation is important, right? Just because you're dealing with capillary blood and venous blood Sometimes there's a difference there. Sometimes there's not. You need to make sure that the sample that's being collected in the home correlates to the gold standard. For blood, that's a venous draw. And for the urine collection, that's you know either a vaginal swab or a rectal swab and make sure that there's a correlation there as well too. So we just want to make sure that those correlate between a physician collected and a self-collected to ensure that the result we're providing to the clinician as well as to the individual is accurate. With the specific standard five kit used, are there any demographic related limitations for the tests? 
for example, any age limitations, limitations on sex, gender, et cetera. That is, you know, one of the areas that's obviously very important to us and why we've partnered with NCSD and also with a number of the the community clinics that we have for our validations of rectal and vaginal swabs. For the pilot study, there was a age limitation in regards to being an adult 18 years and above. Moving forward, we're going to be implementing the ability to have minor testing that's in line with appropriate state laws. So every state's a little bit different in terms of the age or the minimum age that they allow somebody to receive sexual health testing or sexual health services without parental consent. We were, we're going to be adapting our program now to meet those appropriate state laws based off of where the, the clinics or jurisdictions are, are located. You both have alluded to the pilots in our discussion, and I wondered if you would be able to share some successes that you saw in the pilot programs. We had several pilot sites, Los Angeles County, Philadelphia, Iowa, Oklahoma, and Navajo County, Arizona. We had a lot of success stories. So LA County, for example, utilized the bulk shipment test kits on their outreach vans. They would go to homeless encampments on days where other services were being provided, for example, a mobile shower unit. They would find individuals and they would go at the same, the same day each week. People started realizing that they were coming and kind of waiting around for them. And so there's some anecdotal tidbits of, you know, we, we missed you last week. We want to make sure we didn't miss you this week. The sites that were really successful in the pilot phase were those that were ready. Some sites maybe wanted to be ready and maybe weren't ready. So sites that had other, you know, were piloting other projects, for example. But the ones that did really well are the ones that had champions. So we had a variety of champions. We had some program manager champions, some physician champions that really took ownership of the program. Can either of you think of any challenges that you saw in the pilot programs and maybe some possible solutions to those for other jurisdictions or organizations that are interested? Jenny alluded to it, and not to not to repeat what she just said, but if the clinic or jurisdiction didn't take this program to heart and see it as a potential value add we found that there wasn't that much success with it, that people just kind of sunk back into their old way of doing things and, and didn't try to really push the program forward. But for those that really did have a champion, like Jenny said, it was astonishing how well the program worked and how much good data they received within the framework of it. So one of the things we really, really got out of working with our pilots and great feedbacks is to ensure there is a champion within the framework of that clinic or jurisdiction for the program. And then really, too, the other great feedback, which Jenny mentioned as well, was, hey, here are some great tools and and white label marketing pieces and things we've learned from other pilot sites on how they made this successful that we can put together in this really cool packaged onboarding kit so that now not only are they onboarded in this program, but now they're onboarded with not only an NCSD member and an LGC member as dedicated resource, but also a packet of resources to really help support them to initiate this program and help to make it successful. The other challenge that we learned along the way, and that was you know, sort of the whole point of the pilot process, was we had some really you know, highly motivated sites. Yes, I'm going to do this. Send me you know, 200 test kits right now. And then, you know, test kits have shelf lives, right? So they're between three and six months in terms of the expiration dates. And so we had a site that ran into a time crunch at the end in terms of, oh gosh, we have to make sure we use these test kits before they expire. And so just to RJ's point, really just 
you know, assessing your needs and, and knowing that, okay, even if you want to have all these test kits, we can send them to you as you need them. <laughs> so if you know you're going to have a busy month and you want a higher volume of, of test kit sent, we can accommodate that. So even if you intend to have an order of a thousand kits, for example, that doesn't mean that you have to have all 1000 shipped tomorrow. <laughs> so we can space those out based on your clinic or organization's needs. In terms of organizations that might be interested in, in storage, are there any requirements in terms of temperature or is a refrigerator required, anything like that? Everything can be stored at room ambient temperature. Part of our validation that we do, we run different temperature profiles to mimic shipping across the country through cold and hot you know, regions and different times of the year. Everything can be stored at, at ambient room temperature, which makes it, makes it really easy and convenient. So say I, as a provider, am interested in obtaining the test kits for my clinic or population. How do I get started? So we do have a website. It is ncsddc.org slash check hyphen yourself. And on that website, there is a form. There is an email information about the program. There is you know, a, a place to learn more. If you would want to email us directly, you can do so at checkyourself, one word, at ncsddc.org. We're happy to talk to anyone and go through our slide deck, answer any questions, if this sounds like something that would be interesting to them. Any last tidbits you'd like to share? You know, the, the exciting thing and, and one of the things we, we talk about when we work with new groups and, and bring them on is really getting people to understand that look, we're not trying to supplant or replace what you're currently doing. What you're currently doing in your clinic or your jurisdictions is vastly important. We want to be there as a tool and as a partner to help you expand that testing and really get into your community in a way that you haven't been able to before. And, you know, this is something that I think public health really, really wants in the sexual health testing space. They saw the value at home and self-collected testing brought through the COVID pandemic and how that really helped in that process. Bringing that into the STI space has really been exciting. Let's Get Checked has been doing this on a direct-to-consumer level for a number of years, but really partnering with such a fantastic organization like NCSD and working together to bring this out has been something that we're really excited about. The pilot, you know, exceeded our expectations. We got great feedback. We are so excited for version two. We have more and more counties and clinics signing up with the Check Yourself program all the time. And we you know, couldn't be prouder to have such a, a wonderful partner in this journey and really to be able to expand access to asymptomatic screening, which is something that, you know, as we saw from the 2020 surveillance report is, is still a challenge and will continue to be even in a post-COVID world. Thank you so much, Jenny and RJ. Such a pleasure to have both of you. Thank you for taking the time to talk with me today. We are definitely in New York looking forward to the future of sexual health promotion and STI prevention. And this is a great step in, in that direction. Thank you for tuning in. Join us next time for a new episode of Conversations with CEI. Visit us at ceitraining.org and follow us on CEI social media platforms.